Now fires to the end zone, has a man open. Touchdown, Justin Blackman. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. First down to 10 to 32. Mason Rudolph firing down the field. He's got here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Colby Powell, your host. Glad to be with you on this beautiful hump day here in the state of Oklahoma. Cowboys, obviously the big win over Kansas State last weekend. Texas Tech coming up this weekend. We'll get into all of that and more. Oklahoma State got a big commit today, so we'll talk about that. We'll hear from Kirk Herbstreet as well, talking a little Chuba Hubbard in this episode of Locked on Pokes. But first, I need you to do something for me. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, subscribe and rate. I would certainly appreciate it. Also, head over to Twitter. Follow the official Twitter account for this podcast at LockedOnPokes on Twitter. You can also follow me at Colby J. Powell. That is the best place to keep up with everything Locked On Pokes, as well as all my thoughts, news, opinions, everything involving Oklahoma State. It's interesting. I saw a story in the Oklahoman uh, yesterday. Scott Wright did a story about the defense and the lack of sacks that Oklahoma State's defense has gotten to this point in the season. And coming into the season, that front seven, it it was certainly a concern for Oklahoma State. This is a team that had lost uh, really its top six players in that front seven from the defense a year ago. This team had one sack a week ago against Skylar Thompson. It, It wasn't, you know, they didn't wrap him up in the backfield and throw him down. They ran him out of bounds a yard behind the line of scrimmage. That was the one sack. Kansas State, a little bit of an outlier. They, they like to run the ball, line up in the I formation. You don't have as many options for sacks. You should see a much different style from Texas Tech this Saturday. And with Jet Duffy, I would think Oklahoma State would have more opportunities to get those sack numbers up. This is a team that last year, despite all of the struggles, was a top five team in the country in sacks. Now, obviously, your best pass rusher, arguably, Calvin Bundage, has been out this season for the first five games. He tweeted the other night, said that he soon uh, soon will be back on the field, so we'll see how long it takes Bundage to get back out there. I'm sure that will help this Oklahoma State defense as it looks to get back to its regular sack numbers uh, that we're used to seeing from this Oklahoma State defense. Uh, you know, some of those young guys up front, Jim Knowles said that he hasn't really turned them loose yet in the pass rush. And I understand that. It's Look, these are young guys. You don't want them to get out of their gaps, lose assignments, trying to get quarterback sacks. But at some point later in the season, against some of the better teams in this conference, you will need to get those sack numbers up. Uh, I mentioned Jet Duffy, who played, you know, he came in uh, against Oklahoma on Saturday. He was not the starter. Why he was not the starter, I have no idea. That's a question for Matt Wells, not for me. Um, you know, the, the grad transfer from Rice went out there, looked like he'd never played quarterback before in his life. And then they brought Jet Duffy in. They were actually able to move the ball a little bit. And Matt Wells said in his Monday press conference that Jet Duffy would be the starter for Texas Tech going forward and throughout the season. And look, the Allen Bowman injury, OU obviously dodged having to play Allen Bowman. Now Oklahoma State is getting to dodge Allen Bowman. And I don't know how many people remember last year's game between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Texas Tech 
dominated the Pokes in Stillwater. 41-17 was the final of that game, and it was really the breakout game for Alan Bowman where everybody looked and said, oh, wow, Texas Tech has themselves a potential star at quarterback. Bowman in that game was 35 of 46 for 397 yards. He had two touchdowns and two interceptions. And then you put that side by side with Taylor Cornelius' 18 for 38 that he was in that game. It led to a Texas Tech route of the Cowboys in Stillwater which is certainly uh, not something you ever want to see. Texas Tech, not one of the better teams in this conference. They were not a good team a year ago. They got their head coach fired. He failed his way on up to the Arizona Cardinals. So congratulations to Cliff for that. Hopefully at some point he can win a game up there and they don't go 0 for 16. But huge bullet dodge there for Oklahoma State, not having to face Alan Bowman. Jet Duffy, just a, a ton easier to defend against. He, he's not able to air it out the way Bowman was. He moves around a little better. So Oklahoma State will have to deal uh, with a potential running quarterback. But we just saw that with Kansas State. Was not a problem. Oklahoma State, I think, held up fine against Texas. You, you know, you keep Texas in the mid-30s. That's probably about where Texas is going to be against most teams. If they really get it going, they can probably get into the mid-40s. So I thought the defense was fine against Texas. That wasn't the problem against Texas. The problem against Texas was kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. The the fake field goal that we all know was a disaster. I don't think the defense was the problem. I think the defense to this point in the season has actually exceeded my expectations a little bit. If you remember the game against Oregon State to open the year, I, I mean, I just thought this defense is going to be an absolute disaster. Bet the over every time Oklahoma State takes the field. And Oklahoma State's done a good job on that side of the ball. The under has actually hit in Oklahoma State's last couple games, maybe even the last three games, going back to Tulsa. So the defense has done a better job and uh, has impressed as of late. But yeah, Jet Duffy will be the starter on Saturday for Texas Tech. And uh, Oklahoma State should be able to, to do some good things against Jet Duffy. Oklahoma State got a recruit today. It's the first recruit Oklahoma State's landed uh, in about two months is the last time Oklahoma State landed a recruit for that 2020 class. It's, it's, it's a slow recruiting time of the year, but Matt Polk, who is a three-star wide receiver out of Arizona, has announced that he's going to be coming to Oklahoma State. Uh, he had offers from 11 other schools, uh, Arizona State, Arizona. Obviously, he's from Arizona. He also had an offer from Northern Arizona, but that didn't ever seem very likely. And then he had some offers from some bigger schools, Cal, UCLA, Iowa State, Florida, Kansas, Purdue, Tennessee, and Oregon State all offered Matt Polk. He's listed at 6'4", 210 pounds, and he is the son of a former Cowboy. Raymond Polk, who played corner for the Cowboys back in the 80s, uh, is, is the father of Matt Polk. So he's now a hard commit for Oklahoma State. Uh, and Oklahoma State, you, you know, with the receiving core, Jordan McRae and Tajay Williams are seniors. The big question is whether... Tyler Wallace sticks around because if Tyler Wallace sticks around, obviously that's going to make all the difference in the world. And if he doesn't, you know, if he decides to go to the NFL and who could really blame him for doing so, Oklahoma State's really going to be searching for someone to step up in that receiver core. So getting a commit from a guy like Matt Polk, uh, that's big for Oklahoma State. We've seen how much success the Cowboys have had with receivers over the years. We need to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side 
talk a little bit of Oklahoma State basketball, some of the recruiting that took place this past weekend, uh, when the season is starting, what you can expect from Mike Boynton and that squad. And then at the end of the show today, we'll break down some of the Big 12 games coming up this weekend, uh, look at some of the bigger games in the conference, and kind of see where everyone stacks up, what we think is going to happen in some of these games this weekend. Uh, We're going to take a break, but first I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. You can make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. I'm Colby Powell. This is the Locked On Pokes podcast. Taking a break. We'll be back. Keep it locked right here. This is Locked On Pokes. to Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad everybody's with us. Remember, head over to Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, and at Locked On Pokes. Follow both of those accounts, where I will tweet out links to this podcast, as well as news and opinions about everything Oklahoma State. Make sure you also subscribe and rate this podcast wherever it is that you may be listening. All right, it was not only a big weekend for Cowboy football, It was a big weekend for Cowboy basketball. Bryce Thompson, one of the best players in the country, uh, he is ranked as the number four combo guard and the 19th overall player in the country. Uh, He's from the state of Oklahoma, and it's looking like it might come down to a Bedlam matchup in the recruiting of Bryce Thompson. He took his official visit to Oklahoma back in May. He, he liked it. He has stayed interested in Oklahoma. Uh, he took his official visit to Stillwater this past weekend. He was at the open practice that Oklahoma State basketball had on Saturday afternoon prior to the football game. And his dad has said that he's basically narrowed it down. Let me find this quote. I just had it pulled up, and then I lost it. Yeah, his dad narrowed it down. He said, more people think they know, but they don't. What we know is how important the right decision is. It's mainly Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Kansas. His dad goes on to say, we had a good time at Oklahoma State, and I really like Mike. He's a genuine guy. He's a good man. Talking about head coach Mike Boynton of the Oklahoma State basketball team. Uh, We know Mike Boynton's doing a great job. He's constantly busy on the recruiting trail, and this is going to be a big get for either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State if one of those two schools can lure him away from the Blue Bloods that are North Carolina and Kansas. I'll also be interested to see how everything that's going on at Kansas right now might impact Bryce Thompson's Thompson's decision. You know, do you want to go to Kansas if they're about to get all these sanctions slapped on them, if the NCAA is about to hammer them for some of the NCAA violations they've committed over the past couple years? I'm not sure you do. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well with Bryce Thompson. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State actually had a bit of a Twitter war on Saturday. Uh, OU's basketball account tweeted out and said, the best players from Oklahoma play for Oklahoma. Let at Blake Griffin 23 and at the Trey Young uh, and others explain. And then they hashtagged it, hashtag you belong here. So then Mike Boynton tweeted out a graphic, said Cowboys are made here. And it's a graphic of all of the best players to play at Oklahoma State who are from the state of Oklahoma. So uh, Bryce Thompson had the same reply to both tweets. A little magnifying glass emoji, cry laughing face, and a pair of googly eyes is how he replied to both of those tweets uh, about two hours apart. Oklahoma tweeted theirs just after 8.30 Saturday morning, and then Oklahoma State replied a couple hours later. Didn't reply to the tweet, but sent out their own tweet 
with the graphic that Cowboys are made here. So Bryce Thompson's recruiting, certainly something to watch. That's going to be a huge get for whoever is able to land Thompson. And the basketball season for the Cowboys, just more than a month away. Wednesday, November 6th is the opener, home opener against ORU. Some really good games in the non-conference for Oklahoma State this year. So some teams that people probably uh, won't think as good as they are as good as they are. You look at a team like Yale. Yale constantly makes their way into the tournament. Had a good showing this past year. Syracuse, a non-conference opponent for the Cowboys. Georgetown, Wichita State. The Cowboys are at Houston on a Sunday in December. Houston has got a great program right now. They've really got it rolling. Uh, Minnesota, another non-conference game before the Cowboys get things started in conference play on January 4th. So college basketball right around the corner. Uh, don't forget, get your tickets, make your way out to Gallagher Arena uh, and get it rocking for Mike Boynton and the Oklahoma State basketball team. I'm Colby Powell, your host here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you head on over to Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. All right, let's hear from Kirk Herbstreit. We know Chuba Hubbard is having a monster year. We see that in Stillwater, but the respect nationally might be lacking a little bit. Look, it's Oklahoma State. It's not Alabama. It's not Clemson. It's not Ohio State or Oklahoma, Texas even. It's Oklahoma State. I think Chuba might be flying under the radar a little bit, which is why it was nice to hear what Kirk Herbstreet had to say about the star running back at Oklahoma State. Here's Kirk Herbstreet talking about who he thinks has been the best player in the country to this point in the season. Like you just said, the obvious answer could be Jalen, it could be Tua, it could be Joe Burrow, it could be Justin Fields. I'm going to go Chuba Hubbard, running back from Oklahoma State, who's already at about 980 yards rushing in five weeks of football. Guy's almost at 1,000 yards, Kevin. Give this guy some credit. Um, He's in an offense that's got Spencer Sanders as a redshirt freshman quarterback. His own, his own teammate, Tyler Wallace, could be one of the best players in the country, the wide receiver. But if you're being fair and you're looking at everybody, the quarterbacks, again, you, you could pick any of them. I decided to go off the grid a little bit and put Chuba Hubbard up there, the, the man who leads the nation in rushing. And uh, a big week last week against Kansas State, impressive performance. There's a little love for Chuba on the national stage, and, and that's what you like to hear because Chuba really has gone above and beyond. He's, he's been the best player in the country to this point in the season. Look, some of those quarterbacks, you can make a great argument for. Joe Burrow has been unbelievable. Justin Fields, I think, has exceeded my expectations, and and I thought he was going to be really good. Same thing with uh, Jalen Hurts down at Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal, but no one's even close to what Chuba Hubbard is doing on the ground. He's the only running back in the country who's rushed for 700 yards, 800 yards, 900 yards. He'll be at well over 1,000, maybe even over 1,100 after this week, only halfway into the season. So Chuba Hubbard has had a monster start to the year, and it was nice for Kirk Herbstreet to recognize that. Chuba Hubbard also made his first appearance on the Heisman poll uh, on ESPN. He came in at number six on the Heisman poll. Look, the Heisman's a quarterback award. We all know it. It goes to a quarterback nearly every year. Derrick Henry won it four years ago at Alabama. Look, when you're a running back at Alabama, you have a lot better shot than you do whenever you're a running back at Oklahoma State. That is just the, the absolute nature of the beast. But it can be done. Barry did it in 1988. Chuba Hubbard is going to have to continue to dominate the entire season. Oklahoma State can lose maybe one more game, might need to run the table for him to actually win it. You know, if he were to rush for 
2,400 yards or something insane like that, then maybe even if they lost one or two more games, he could make it to New York for a chance to win the award. Oklahoma State would probably have to run the table, and he would probably have to continue to rush for what his average is right now, which is about 180-plus yards per game. So we'll see if Chuba Hubbard can maintain that throughout the course of an entire season. Look, I'm not so sure. Is running for that many yards per game sustainable? Probably not. But with as good as he's been, I don't think there's any reason for me to doubt him. Uh, he's been phenomenal. The, the question, again, is going to become where does Chuba Hubbard rank in terms of Oklahoma State backs all time? And that story will not be written uh, until his career at Oklahoma State is over. So Chuba Hubbard off to a great start. Kirk Herbstreet taking notice. ESPN taking a little bit of notice, moving him to number six in their Heisman rankings at this point, nearly halfway through the season. Make sure you head over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell. Follow this podcast at Locked on Pokes. And subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, take a look at some of the games of the Big 12 this weekend. Uh, What's everybody going to do? What are some of the bigger games? How's everybody going to fare? What's the Big 12 going to look like as we hit the halfway mark of the season? All that and more coming up next right here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. back wrapping things up here on locked on pokes i am colby powell follow me on twitter at colby j powell also follow at locked on pokes to get all the links for this podcast every single day monday through friday uh make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening as well locked on pokes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right it's a big week in big 12 football this is the halfway point of the season for the majority of teams some teams have already had their bye. Uh, some have not. Oklahoma State will be on bye next week whenever OU and Texas will meet down at the Cotton Bowl for the Red River rivalry. Some of the games this weekend, uh, all 10 Big 12 teams in action this week. Had a couple of byes this past week. Texas and West Virginia, uh, I believe both were on bye, and those two teams will meet up at 2.30 on Saturday in Morgantown. And this is a game for Texas. Look, Texas should win this game, but they're monster favorites by no means. They're, they're only a 10.5-point favorite in this game you would almost think that number would be a little bit bigger for a texas team that has played really well this season beat oklahoma state uh you you know it was 36 to 30 was the final but it was 36 23 and then spencer made that great play late so texas has played good football i expect them to go beat west virginia and i would expect them to cover that 10 and a half point spread as well i just i don't think virginia uh pardon me west virginia is a very good team they narrowly snuck past kansas a couple weeks ago and we saw what tcu did to kansas with that 41 51 to 14 win this past weekend so i do think texas will go down and uh handle west virginia without too much problem sam ellinger has been great this year be interesting to see what they do at running back and whether they have colin johnson as well remember colin johnson was out for the game against Oklahoma State. And now Caden Stearns, as well as a few other members of that Texas defense, will be out a few more weeks due to injuries that they suffered in the Kansas State game. So, uh, yeah, that'll be a, a good one to watch. 2.30 ABC on Saturday between Texas and West Virginia. That game will be uh, getting kicked off just about the time three other Big 12 games are ending. Three rooster kickoffs 
this week in the Big 12. Uh, one of those on ABC with OU and Kansas. OU a 32-point favorite in this game, and that's probably not nearly big enough. Seems like a game where OU can just name its score. Yes, Les Miles has had success against Oklahoma in the past. That was a very long time ago with very different teams. This is Kansas. They got drilled by TCU last week. They're going to get drilled by OU this week. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. He's, he's exceeded my wildest expectations to this point at o- Oklahoma. And, you know, that's not to say I didn't think he was going to be a good player. I did think he was going to be a good player, but it's becoming clear that Lincoln Riley's offense is pretty foolproof, and he's executing it just almost as well as those other two guys uh, who won the Heisman the last couple years down there did. So OU in Kansas this week uh, should be a snoozer before OU sets its sights on Texas next week at the Red River rivalry. Uh, TCU and Iowa State, that game is in Ames at 11 o'clock. Iowa State a three-and-a-half point favorite. I still don't have any kind of a gauge on TCU. I I don't know how good they are. Played some close games early in the year. uh, Lost that game to Purdue. And then they go out and they beat Kansas 51-14 last week. I don't know how good they are. I think there's still a lot to be learned about TCU. Iowa State, on the other hand, I think that picture's starting to get a lot clearer week by week. This is a team that's good, not great. Uh, I mean, it's just a run-of-the-mill Big 12 team. It's certainly not the third-best team in the conference like everybody thought it was going to be. I mean, that, that title would have to go to either Oklahoma State or Baylor five weeks into the season. Iowa State's 2-2. Two and two. They've already had a bye week, so they're only a third of a way into their season. But this is a big game for the Cyclones to get back on track. Just the, uh, the, the one win against Northern Iowa earlier in the season in triple overtime, and then they beat up on Louisiana Monroe. But, you know, the two real football teams they've played, the only two Power 5 teams they've played, they've lost. Now, granted, they lost to Iowa by a point and Baylor by two points. But what do good teams do? They win close games. Iowa State's been unable to do that, so this is a big game for the Cyclones to get their season back on track because it could get away from them in a hurry if they're not careful. If they were to lose this game and go to 2-3 and three and have still not played Texas or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, that would be a problem for Iowa State because they will likely be underdogs in all three of those games. And if they lose to TCU this weekend, then lose the, the remainder of those last three games, uh, that would be a 6-6 six and six season for a team that was supposed to win about nine games this year. So a lot of pressure on Iowa State in that one. And then the other game on Saturday is Baylor at Kansas State. And this is a Baylor team that, like I said, beat Iowa State this past week. That being said, Kansas State's a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game. And I talked about this on Monday with, you you know, the narrative that started to be spun after Oklahoma State dominated Kansas State. Well, Kansas State must just not be any good. I don't think that's the case. I think Kansas State's a good team, and I think that they're going to win games in this conference. I think Kansas State probably beats Baylor on Saturday. It's a home game. It's in Manhattan, and and it's one of those games I like to look at the lines. Kansas State's a a one-and-a-half point favorite. Baylor just beat Iowa State. Kansas State just looked miserable against Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Absolutely miserable. Oklahoma State dominated at the line of scrimmage. They could not stop Chuba Hubbard. There was nothing Kansas State could do to get themselves into that football game. Oklahoma State dominated start to finish. And now Kansas State is a a one-and-a-half point favorite against a Baylor team that just beat Iowa State. That, to me, tells me Vegas knows something. This is one of those games where a team goes on the road in conference and drops one. I think that's what happens uh, with Baylor on Saturday. I, th- I think Kansas State will win that game, and that will make Oklahoma State's 
drubbing of Kansas State this past Saturday look even better for the Cowboys. Uh, and then, of course, the other game in the Big 12 is your Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Tough matchup for Texas Tech. You know, this is a, uh, a Texas Tech Red Raider team that ranks 100th in the country against the run. Texas Tech's giving up 180.2 yards per game on the ground. You think maybe they're going to have a little bit of trouble slowing down Chuba Hubbard? I think they will. So, uh, yeah, the, the point spread for this game is at 10 now. That probably feels about right. I think Oklahoma State probably covers that uh, and wins this game by three touchdowns plus. I think it's a favorable matchup for the Cowboys. Some great Big 12 football on tap this weekend. Appreciate everyone being with us again today. We're back tomorrow uh, with another episode. Head on over to Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Follow both of those accounts so that you can get all the links to this podcast as well as news and opinions about Oklahoma State. Uh, Also, subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. Again, I'm Colby Powell. Thank you for being with me. This has been another edition of Locked on Pokes here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.